so glad that we're back recording. This is so exciting. I know. I've been like steeped in friends the last two days. I started writing a list while I was editing of hashtags that you might be able to use for episode six. Oh, sweet. One of them is just hashtag budding. <laughs> like butting? Like but. Butting. Because I, said... <laughs> I said... <laughs> Instead of like nudity, I said like he's, but like <laughs> actors do their own budding. <laughs> that English degree is wasted on me. <laughs> I also had hashtag soggy sack, which is pretty gross. That one was my favorite just because we were both like, ah. <laughs> But that is the only way that you could describe a bag full of pizza. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. In high school, we were best friends. And now that we're old, we're still best friends. And we both really love the show Friends. We love it so much that we thought we'd rewatch it together and tell you all about it. So join us to find out all the details that two people who weren't there can find out from the internet. Could there there be be better better friends watching Friends? So Alex was listening to our podcast the other day while he was get, picking up food or something. And he texted me and said, I know what enhance is from. And I was like, oh my God, what is it? Because it was like so clearly a part of my like cultural bringing up. I was like, what is that from? It's from some movie. And he sent me a gif that, and it's from Super Troopers. Oh, do, do you remember that movie? I only saw it maybe one time. I watched it extensively in college. <laughs> like, probably at least once a week I would watch that movie. But it has, it's like the, the super trooper guy and he's typing on his computer and he's like, enhance, enhance, like pretending to be all FBI-y. So anyway, that's what it's from. Thank you, Alex. You saved me. That's amazing i also seem to use that constantly now i've now picked that up from you there's like four times in episode six where i'm like oh i didn't i wish i had enhanced yes also i have like this many facts (laughs) oh my gosh your new book i'm so jealous this episode is not in it it doesn't have every single one but there's some cool stuff in here that i need to talk about because uh we've said some incorrect things oh no so (laughs) well i'm glad that you can you can help write write the ship you know we should have a big disclaimer at the beginning (laughs) that's just like may not be entirely factual i think we do it says like it's all the facts we can find out from the internet so like if the internet's wrong it's not my fault yeah that's where i'm clearly getting my info from Hey, and if anyone would like to volunteer as a fact checker for us for free, (laughs) then we could have some accountability. But until then, you get what you get. (laughs) You're welcome. I'm going to try to like plow through them, but I have some really fun facts about how the show started and how the casting went that like things we didn't know. Okay. That were pretty cool from this book. And then I stopped reading because the... There's like, well, okay. So here's how I write notes. From here up is a different kind of notes. And then from here down is just the notes I'm going to read you. And then on this page, <laughs> anyway, it's not 
This is how I do my things. So. I, I feel like you really need to do like an up close photograph of your note taking skills because they're legendary. I love your notes so much. It's really bad. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I love how your brain works. Well, and then I'm like, I gotta save this paper. Like, there's room over here. I'll just put it. <laughs> and then I like, oh, up here is like notes on an episode that I was editing. And then like down here is a continuation of this down here. Wait, wait. Please tell me that a cat took a bite out of the corner. Oh, no, I ripped that piece off because I needed to throw away some gum. <laughs> oh, I love you so much. Help me. <laughs> I swear, you need a remarkable. You do. I, I know. But like, but then what's going to happen is I'm going to look at it and be like, I can't find anything in here. <laughs> like, no, because you can see pictures. You can see pictures of all of the pages. Oh. So you can make them like little tiles, too. Fort Potter, if you're listening, get me that thing. <laughs> Buy me. Buy me that. <laughs> Money, please. <laughs> Buy it for me, please. <laughs> okay, tell me your facts. First, I have to put these back in order because I lost my... They're not full pages, so it's hard to tell which one goes first. Do you want to start with some trivia? I do, yeah. Okay, okay. I think you're going to kill it this time. Just <laughs> FYI. I'm nervous. No, you're, you'll be fine. Okay, this is an easy one to start. What object surrounds Monica and Chandler's peephole? It's a picture frame, and it's yellow. Uh, yes, and extra points for yellow. What color is Gunther's hair? Uh, it's very white. Uh, platinum blonde, actually. I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. How many chairs are around Monica and Chandler's kitchen table? Four. Monica, Monica's table. Monica's. Yeah. Chandler doesn't get anything but the Barker lounger and the dog. Yeah. Dog statue. Um, yes, there are four. Okay. And they don't match. Right. <laughs> Which of the guys dated a girl who hit extra hard? Joey. Very good. A little girl. She was really tiny and she punched him all the time. <laughs> yes. I liked her. Uh, not because she hit. I just thought she was funny. <laughs> I realized that came out kind of. Good clarification. Fast. <laughs> we like strong women. It's fine. Yes. All right. Last one in, for five out of five. Okay. Where does Phoebe first talk with her father? At her grandmother's funeral with the 3D glasses. Very good. I am so impressed. You got five out of five. Yes. I've redeemed myself. <laughs> Yay. Insert effect. <laughs> I'll find one. I have some fix it now corner stuff. Because I have this book called Friends Forever, the one about the episodes. 25 year anniversary book. And there's a lot of information in there that I'm not even up to the episodes yet, but there's a lot of information that we either missed or didn't get right. So I wanted to just, I'm going to try to blow through these facts quickly. I can't. Do it. Okay. They're perky facts. They're also fix it now. So. <sighs> Two sound effects in a row. It's okay. You're doing a great job. 
Eight. The perky fact sounds like a bomb, so that's going well. <laughs> it's a guy sipping coffee, everyone. Yes, it's just coffee. <laughs> I read that Kevin Bright, who's the producer of all of Friends, um, he said when they were talking about airing the show, he was like, if you put us on Thursday nights, you can call the show Kaborkian for all I care. Like Thursday night was that coveted of a spot. If you put the show on Thursday night, like we don't care what the show's called. We don't care. We'll do anything. Like if that's, that's the Holy grail. So. Wow. These are the important facts that we bring to you from our drums. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen, the show Ellen was originally called these friends of mine. And it was supposed to come out the same year that f- the first season of friends was coming out. So friends was going to debut in the fall these friends of mine which became ellen was going to come out in spring and these friends of mine changed their name to ellen because friends was such a monster hit that and people were worried they're on different networks abc nbc but people were worried about that like one wouldn't succeed because of the name and ellen had to change its name because friends did so well i thought that was pretty cool that makes sense i mean i wouldn't want to compete with friends either right Imagine if they'd called it Insomnia Cafe. (laughs) Oh, God. So Kaufman and Crane also created Veronica's Closet. Do you remember that show? Was that with Kirstie Alley? Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. it. And they also executive produced Jesse. Do you remember that show? That had Christina Applegate. Christina Applegate. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. They were both pretty successful shows as well. Wait, didn't... didn't, David Crane also do Joey. Um, yes. Well, so Kevin Bright produced um, Joey. Okay. I didn't read about Crane doing Joey, but Kevin Bright did the producer. Okay. But- I I, th- I thought that there was some some crossover because I don't think Matt LeBlanc wanted to do it unless. There was because it was on the same stage. It was I think it was a lot of the same crew. Yeah, and it didn't go very well. No, I didn't. I never watched it. I tried because I loved the show so much, and it was painful. Oh. It was it was hard to be like I can't watch this anymore. Um, but David Crane and his husband created episodes which started starred Matt LeBlanc. Oh, okay. So yeah. I knew that Matt LeBlanc did another show with David Crane. So that makes mm. that makes a ton of sense. Episodes. Um, Marta Kaufman co-created Grace and Frankie, which is on Netflix right oh. now. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, Kevin Bright produced TV comedy specials and much of the first season of In Living Color. These people are just powerhouses. I know. This is kind of crazy. I know. So Kevin Bright produced the entire series of Friends and he directed 60 episodes, including the finale. And then I have a really fun James Burroughs fact for you that I thought you would like. Oh my God, I love James Burroughs. <laughs> Children are seldom seen or heard on Burroughs shows. <laughs> that is a truth fact right there. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> I could just see him just being like, the kids? Oh, we do not need to talk about the kids. <laughs> unclench that butt (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's true most of the time when you're watching friends all of a sudden it'll be like 
five or seven or nine episodes and you're like wait don't doesn't a couple of them have a have a kid (laughs) aren't there like four kids in the show yeah where where are they (laughs) um apparently burroughs was known as a master of creating small moments that revealed character in the episode where ross and rachel split the oreo that was burroughs's idea was just just adding the cookie into that scene david crane's husband was a writer on mad about you and he's the one that suggested that Lisa Kudrow be considered for Phoebe because she was already on Mad About You. Okay. And I liked that. Aww. And I have, here's my fix-it corner. Um, the character names that I thought were from All My Children, which is what I read online, this book says that the character names of Phoebe, Joey, and Chandler are based on actual people that they knew. and But the other three are based on fictional people so okay maybe that's all my children i don't know inconclusive okay um, did you know that david schwimmer had a recurring role on the wonder years no i, did, I not. did not and i need to find it immediately <laughs> he also in his 20s founded a theater company in chicago called the looking glass theater company in his 20s in his 20s like how does before he, he was on Friends. I don't understand how people in their 20s know how to do things. How do they do anything? No. <laughs> I didn't even know how to do my laundry. <laughs> like, much less start a business or, you know, hold a job. Do anything. anything. Talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> Is that just me? <laughs> oh, no, that's, Yeah. Um, okay, so Barry, the guy who plays Barry, auditioned mm-hmm. to be Ross and was considered one of the front runners for Ross. Oh, God. And they, like, I know. But they already had, co- uh, they had Schwimmer in mind, so they threw Barry a bone and gave him Barry. And I thought you'd like this. David Crane said that his favorite physical comedy bit of Schwimmer's are the leather pants. Uh, yeah. Carrying the couch up the stairs. And the cat jumping on his back in the Blackout episode that we just did last time. <laughs> and I have this quote from him that I thought you'd really like. He said, I can't remember in my whole life actually laughing that hard. By the way, what you see on TV, we had to cut it down. The audience just went crazy. They couldn't stop laughing. It went on and on and on. And David is wrestling with this fake puppet cat. And it was brilliant. He kills it. And then with the leather pants, little touches like when he puts the lotion on and smacks his own head. Come on, he is a master. It's so true. Yeah, yeah I, I always wonder like how much of it is him and how much is like the direction. But I think it's just all him and his like crazy body like <laughs> reactions to situations. Like even the way when he pulls up the pants and can't pull it up. But his, like, legs are shaking. I'm just, it's it's such a small thing. But you're just like, come on, Ross. <laughs> you can do it. You've got to. It's awful. Get your pants on. I'm, like, sweating thinking about oh it. Don't put the <laughs> lotion on the powder. No. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to that episode. I love that one so much. I think we already talked about it, but Hank Azaria auditioned to play Joey, but also Vince Vaughn auditioned to play Joey and was a possible frontrunner for Joey. I could totally see that. 
Yeah. I, I could actually see that. So they, cause they're, Joey was originally supposed to be a super womanizer, like really lecherous. And the reason that he's so sweet was all Matt LeBlanc. Like that's how he played it. And they kind of adjusted the role. Cause jo I read this quote in the book that said that LeBlanc was saying like, he can't just be jeering, like leering at these three women who are his friends and stay friends with them. Like that can't be a thing. So he mm -hmm. said, what if he thinks of them as like his little sisters and he's like protective and, you know, supportive of them. And then that will work. Oh, so, so good. That's so brilliant. Cause other, otherwise he would be kind of a villain. Like he, yeah. wouldn't, he wouldn't be a friend. It's too gross. Yeah. So Ellen originally auditioned to play Phoebe, even though she already had a starring role in a show called These Friends of Mine that was due out in the spring. And um, Lisa Kudrow was originally cast to play Roz on F Frasier before she got Friends, but she was replaced when it was clear that she wasn't right for the part. And James Burroughs is the one who fired her from Frasier. And so when she was uh, you know, playing Phoebe in the first couple uh, episodes, she was really nervous about pleasing him. Oh my gosh, I would be too. Him. Also, he's intimidating. He's scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like you were saying about Ross, like putting himself, David Schwimmer putting himself into Ross, um, Kaufman said that Matthew Perry's emphasis and his unique delivery, like what you see Chandler doing, that is all him and that's all his genius. So they would like, they said if they wanted him to emphasize a certain word in the script, they would put the emphasis on the word before it because they knew that he would just read the line and put the emphasis wherever he wanted. And so they would like try to trick him, but they said they, he always made it better. Oh, that's awesome. I know. So one of your favorites, uh, Jessica Hecht, who plays Susan, she was originally one of the front runners for Monica um, as well as Leah Remini. And the final decision for Monica came down to Courtney Cox and Nancy McKean, who played Joe on The Facts of Life. I don't know that show. She, if you saw a picture, you would know her, I okay. think. I cannot picture that at all. <laughs> Taya Leone was considered for Rachel, as well as Jane Krakowski from oh. 30 Rock. Um, Elizabeth Berkeley and Tiffany Thiessen from uh, Saved by the Bell. Wait, they were considered for Rachel? Rachel, yeah. Okay, Tiffany Thiessen has like her same face hair. Her face and hair, not face hair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know words. That's okay. <laughs> She has the same face and hair as Jennifer Aniston, I think, in some in, in some timeline. <laughs> Wasn't she, right? Am I thinking right about the right person? Wasn't she on 90210 or one of those? No, Saved by the Bell. Tiffany Amber Thiessen, you might know yeah, this. Yeah. She's from Saved by the Bell. All I can picture is those bangs that are just like a... You know, like a rat's nest in the front. They're just like frill. Oh, Saved by the Bell. I'm yeah. thinking of someone totally different. Never you mind. You are. <laughs> You're fine. But I can't imagine. I mean, obviously, I can't imagine anyone else playing any of these people. But it was like I hadn't heard of any of these names in any of our other research. So I was. Yeah. A little bit well, I, away. 
I feel like like Taya Leone could have played Rachel, one of Rachel's sisters. I could see that yeah. based on her other sisters and how they were cast. <laughs> they were saying that, um, so they thought Chandler would be the easiest one to cast and he was the hardest. And that for Rachel, they had to find someone who could actually pull the role off because there was a very fine line. She's very spoiled. She's very entitled. She's very selfish. So they had to find someone who could balance those things without being totally hateable. So someone who could like have those flaws while still being a good person and likable. That's, that's hard to do. I mean, cause there's definitely episodes where I feel like Rachel is a total brat. Yeah. Um, but she does redeem herself and, and you do love her. She's trying. Like, she leaves her wedding. Like, they were saying in the book that the first scene with her is she's left her wedding. And she's like, I'm doing this thing for myself. Like, who cares about this other person? And so they had to find someone who was, like, immediately off the bat. Like, you like them, even though she's saying all this stuff. Yeah. So, speaking of Jennifer Aniston, she played Ferris Bueller's sister on the NBC short-lived adaptation of the movie... Um, and the fun fact there is that Jennifer Grey played the sister in the movie, and Jennifer Grey later comes on to play Jennifer Aniston's friend, Mindy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that it's, fun? It's all connected. I know. The 90s, everything, everything is yep. a circle. Also, okay, this blew my mind. Jennifer Aniston was offered, she auditioned and was offered a cast spot on SNL right when she was offered Friends and she turned SNL down to do Friends. Wow. Um, Why did she do that? (laughs) There's a quote that said, she said her real life friends told her the decision was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I would have told her that too. Not, I mean, not knowing what Friends was going to become, but... Man, isn't, like, being a cast member on SNL, like, one of the dreams? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that says so much about someone's comedy chops, too, that you get offered a spot on SNL, and you turn it down. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone just, I mean, the show is just, like, magic. Everyone knew. Yeah. I have a few perky facts. But before we do that, uh, we haven't talked about what the title of the episode is yet. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Because <laughs> we're well, that Because we're doing back facts. I know. Back facts. They're important. They're very important. very important. So this is season one, episode eight, uh, the one where Nana dies twice. Um, and I, as I was doing some research on this, um, just thinking of just some of the themes, just being like, oh, God, this is this is about death. I. <laughs> I, I came into this kind of with like a little trepidation where I was like, oh, my God, are, are we going to talk about are we going to talk about like death? I don't know. We don't have to. But I was I was I'm still a little nervous. <laughs> Even after watching it. Uh, yeah, this episode just brought up some things where. Uh, like, like in, in me, I, okay, I'm going to get real vulnerable real quick. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, like, as I was watching it, it brought up some things, especially when they go in the, the hospital room 
because I haven't been around a lot of death, but like, I haven't had a lot of like experience with the emotions around him firsthand. And I feel like even like when my grandfather passed away, whom I loved dearly, like it was still like, I never got to see him. I just kind of heard about it. So I never really processed grief. And as I was watching this, I was like, I, I've never experienced this. And it was just a very strange thing to realize. And I felt a little bit like a robot. And I, I just, I just wanted to, to tell you that because I, I was like thinking about this and it was kind of weighing heavy on me as, as I was watching it. I don't know you're why. Not, well, you're not a robot because you felt all those things. Those are all real feelings that a robot wouldn't have. Thanks. That's what we call in therapy insight. Thank you. You're welcome. No, you're not a robot. Just because it, you haven't experienced something firsthand is all, like it's just foreign. Yeah, true. The only time I've actually even seen seen it was when um, Tyler's grandfather passed away and we, we went and visited him after he passed in the hospital and it was just very like surreal to me to see a person like a, a shell a, like a shell of a person that was not a person and I had no way to like really process it and so I was just like well that's that's not a person it was very weird and yeah. I and when we when we were when I was watching like Nana lying there that all of those like memories came flooding back and I was just like, oh God, how do people deal with this? I don't I don't even know. <laughs> it's a lot. They did a good job. I mean, I feel like I didn't even go there, and I have all this experience with death, and I it like didn't even occur to me because they I thought they did such a good job of keeping it so light. But you're right. It is like I mean they like looked at someone and gave someone a kiss on the head, which I was aware of when Monica was leaning down to kiss her. I was like, she is dead. Like, you're putting your lips on a dead person. Yeah. Like, it's not, there's nobody there anymore. Yeah. And, like, that, you're right, that is an experience that, like, many people don't have and almost nobody has on a regular basis that where they're, like, in the presence of a dead body. And I, like, watch all this true crime and have personal experience, but it still is, Mm -hmm. like... You know, when you see it, it's very different. Yeah. My grandmother on my dad's side, or my great-grandmother on my dad's side, I went to her funeral and was not told that it would be an open casket and was not prepared for that and uh, was grabbed by a family member and drugged down the aisle to go see her. And it was not like, I was like, whoa, 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 I don't, I'm not. I, I don't, I'm not, like, prepared for this. I don't want to see a dead person. This is very weird. Um, and Especially then... when they're, like, made up and, yeah. and, and with weird makeup and, uh, yeah. And, like, no. outfit. Uh, yeah. And, and then my, but my grandmother on my mom's side, she had cancer for several years while I was in junior high and she hospiced in our house. So she died in our house. So it was like around the pending doom of death and like saw her dying for a long time at an age where like I didn't understand. I mean, I, I understood it, but I, I just like didn't have the right support to process that. Mm-hmm. And that that was 
and like talking to her when as she was dying or like going in to see her like being told she was dead but she was like in the other room dead in her house it's very wow yeah yeah so i no i'm sorry to be a bummer but i felt like it's i had to bummer. i had to talk about it because you're right i think that they did a really good job with a heavy subject addressing it but still keeping it light and also somehow like keeping it also very funny right but they did it i think that the how they did it was peppering in these like little very sweet moments of connection between the characters and yeah so I, yeah i really it was i'm excited to talk about those little moments i think to piggyback on that they didn't say what happened to her it seemed clear that it was maybe expected so it wasn't like this like horrible you know just like out of nowhere grief like it was kind of like oh my gosh Dan, like it's really sad but it wasn't like you know super sudden yeah. but it, it didn't also even though it wasn't unexpected it didn't seem like it was some like drawn out disease either like she yeah. just like maybe she was just old yeah basically. it was it was time Right. And I think that helped the situation, too, to not be too heavy. Because, like, the, you know, Judy's not crying. Like, no one's crying either. Yeah. Um, no, they're just kind of like, uh, they're remembering her. Yeah. Right. In sweet ways. Yeah. yeah. So I only have a couple perky facts. <sighs> One of them has to do with the name of the show. Okay. Um, because at the end, when the gang is looking through pictures, on one of the pictures of Nana, there is, like, they, they say that she looks just like Monica. But um, Nana had written on the back, me and the gang at Java Joe's. And I read that another idea for the name of the actual coffee house in the show was, like, they had tossed around the name of Java Joe's before settling on Central Perk. So I don't know if that's a true fact, but um, I thought if it is, it's really that's a kind of a sweet way to to just have a little a little hint to what the what it could have been. Yeah, it's better than them being like me and the gang at Insomnia Cafe. Yeah, that would have been also awful. Weird. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Also, just my other one is just that Nana's real name is never mentioned in this episode. Okay. I have this down as a trivia question for you. Do you know what her real name is? I, I looked it up. Ah, oh, dang it. I was going <laughs> to quiz you. I was even going to give you a hint. It's Althea. It's Althea. <laughs> Althea? You're shooting with Althea? Good shot. Or good, No, what does he say? But that's in the one where they switch apartments. Yeah. Dang it. You were ahead of me. I was going to quiz you on that one. So this one was also directed by James Burroughs. And I wrote down the trifecta is back. Yes, I know. <laughs> David Crane and Marta Kaufman. Yay. Um, so can I can I hit you with a summary? Um, yes. But when did the do you know when the episode came out? When it aired? Uh, no. <laughs> aired on November 10th, 1984. All right. Yeah, now I want you to hit me. Okay, I'll hit, I'll hit you. I'll hit, I'll hit you up. Okay. <laughs> me up. Get me on my pager. <laughs> I'll, hit, I'll hit you up on your beeper. 
Oh, God. See, we're back in the 90s. This is going great. (laughs) All right. Chandler is shocked to learn that people he works with thinks that he's gay. He asks his friends why, and they tell him that they also thought he was gay when they first met him. (laughs) Monica and Ross's grandmother dies twice, and Ross falls down the open grave and then gets high on (laughs) painkillers. So that's my summary. Okay, so that are there three plots in this one? I was just trying to think, what's the third plot? No, I think I feel two? I feel like just Ross spiraling is is <laughs> just a, just a big piece of it. That's that's in every episode, really. <laughs> just Ross. So yeah, I, I I only saw two big ones. It was Chandler and then Althea. Okay. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me until you started doing the summary, and then I was like, wait, that's only two. I know. I'm sure there's a C in there somewhere, we just don't know what it, you know, it was subtle. Yeah. Yeah. C for subtle, guys. (laughs) Are we ready to go? Let's go. Let's kick it into gear. I have to tell you, when I saw this office building at the beginning, my whole body tingled and I was like, this is going to be Chandler's work. I can't wait. What's going to happen at Chandler's work? And then when it was, I was like so excited. Chandler at work. I know we want to track what Chandler does. So we have a Google Doc of everything we've observed that Chandler does in his office. And it includes now tall office building and break room. (laughs) Excellent. So I have to say something about this office building Mm -hmm. it is so fancy like it's almost all glass it is tall it is tall it is so much glass and i feel like the outside does not match the inside (laughs) no um anyway maybe in the 90s though maybe yeah i don't know i feel like you never actually see outside from the inside of his building but there's a whole lot of glass so don't know what that's about seems like plenty of windows plenty of light but he's always in a cubicle right (laughs) that's dark he does get an office later oh that's true that's true okay when that guy calls him glenn oh yeah the guy from chris uh from snl not chris katan the other guy Um, oh chris parnell Yes, Chris Parnell. So we open into of him into the break room, and he's eating cup of noodles, which I felt was very on brand for Chandler. Okay, Ashley, I have something that's gonna blow your mind. Okay, I put down. I was like, he's eating cup of noodles, and I was like, ah, oh, cup of noodles. Like they have such a place and time in my heart. Uh huh. I started to look up the history of cup of noodles, and blew my own mind when I realized that. Cup of Noodles is a different brand, and what he is eating, what I know as Cup of Noodles, is Maruchan, and it's called Instant Lunch, and it literally says it on the container. It says Instant Lunch. There's oh, yeah. Nowhere that it says Cup of Noodles. Cup of Noodles is a different brand that this is a knockoff of. And I was like... Wait. This is like 25 years. I, I've been eating Cup of Noodles, what I thought was Cup of Noodles, since like sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. It's what I've been eating is instant lunch by Maruchan and not <laughs> cup of noodles at all. So have we ever eaten cup of noodles? No, we've only I mean, if this is the thing that you've had, this is all I've had is this thing he's eating. 
literally in, it, yeah it's instant lunch you're right right I've, and i've only ever called it cup of noodles <laughs> are you sure it doesn't say cup of noodles on the top mm, i think it's a different brand though because oh, when this i is not fair <laughs> i know i was like this can't be right this is like being in the matrix oh it does say cup of noodles on that no because there's nissin there's nissin cup of noodles but then there's Maruchan instant lunch nice it's probably not nissan but it's spelled like <laughs> okay okay nissin nissin so there is cup of noodles but i think i've only ever had instant lunch i think uh I'm looking this up right now because I'm enhanced. Enhance. <laughs> I didn't know they were different things. It never occurred to me. I don't think I've ever had cup of noodles. <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, the, the 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 lettering looks very similar. Isn't it crazy? It it like made me feel really unsettled and confused. I can't in all good conscience say call it instant lunch that sounds so trashy does it sound like something you never want to ingest ever yeah i don't i don't want instant lunch i, I want a cup of noodles <laughs> right i want dehydrated japanese noodles yeah yeah anyway i i like that that's that just like steamrolled me for several minutes i was like what's going on right now so. that's crazy I don't want to eat a thing called instant lunch, but apparently no. I have many times. <laughs> oh, man. I think the Nissan ones are only sold in certain places. I think Marachan is everywhere. Is everywhere. So, yeah. Yeah. There you okay. go. <laughs> well, I, I love instant lunch or cup of noodles, whatever it is. I, I love it. I had my fair share of it eating it when I was like younger, but... When I started my job at my at my current place of employment 10 years ago, we would often buy big cases for the students to just hand out at let lunch. And whenever I sometimes I would purposefully not bring a lunch because I really just wanted a cup of noodles. <laughs> and it's like it like is so soul warming to me to have just that just that cup of sodium. Exactly. I always peel it open and dump all the dehydrated veggies out because I don't like them um, because they're just like weird cardboard floating colored pieces. But then when we, so when we, when I would go to Burning Man back when I was like a cool badass, you still are, we'd bring like a full case and we, because there's no like microwave, we'd have like ways to cook. We would put just like room, you know, world temperature water in them. And then we would leave them. Sorry, I've oh. never heard of. I've never heard of world temperature water before. I, I'm going to start using that. You know, like environment temperature, like not body temperature, but it was just like you know, it was just sitting there. Out temperature, dust covered water, <laughs> very hot, not drinkable water. Um, <laughs> like the kind of water you'd have in a desert. Where you thought you were dying, probably. Is that that temperature. <laughs> okay. So we'd pour that in the cup. And then we'd put them in a car in the dashboard. Because it was like, 
100 degrees. I mean, shut the cars, leave them in the dashboard to cook, you know, inside the car. That's how we cook cup noodles. <laughs> I also feel like that's very on brand for you, too. <laughs> Just... Again, you and Chandler have a lot in common. Oh, man. The character of Shelly, his coworker, comes in. She says, hey, gorgeous. And I'm just like, of course she thinks he's gay. Like, of course. I mean, just the way that she's talking to him. Right. I have to say that Shelly, I'm disappointed that she doesn't come back in other episodes because I thought as like a fun, like you, everyone has that like fun work friend or that Mm -hmm. like exciting work friend. She could have been really a fun addition, I think, in Chandler work scenes later. She was great. Yes, I really, really enjoyed her directness (laughs) and just like putting him in his place in a very kind, friendly way. Um, Her accent also uh, was incredible. Yeah, yeah. All I aspire to have and will never. Also, her fashion is just like, I could say so many things. Oh, man, I am so excited. I may vomit. I just, the only thing I can say about this one is that like her Christmas... Moo Moo collared thing is like such a train wreck in the most glorious way. I- <laughs> you said that because I wrote like, Shelly looks 90s cute. <laughs> I was like, it's a long sleeve pattern dress with tights. It's great. You know, it's like oversized. but <laughs> And I was like, but Chandler is full on vesting. Like that's the travesty. <laughs> Oh, you know what I wrote about Chandler? What is wrong with Chandler's tie? Cherries? It's so wide. I was like, Chandler's wearing that goddamn black sweater vest again. And then he has like the world's most luscious shampoo commercial hair. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is wavy and like combed back. It's beautiful. It's like PC in the best way. Can I just tell you really quick about Shelly? I have like just two quick facts about her. Um, She's played by Nancy Cassaro, born in Massapequa, New York, best known for her character roles, including Goodfellas, NYPD Blue, and The West Wing. She also appeared as herself in um, the 1994 show Dream On, which was created by Kaufman and Crane before Friends. And she started to learn tap dancing at age 13, with a famous New York teacher and performer, Jerry Ames, who I think went on, was a partner of, shoot, I cut it off. Anyway, he was like some famous person. Anyway, she learned tap dance starting at age 13. Wow. I cut off my own fact. (laughs) When Shelly asked Chandler if he'd like a date and he says, yes, please. (laughs) It's so clear that he's desperate, but like the way he says it is so cute. She's like, yes, please. Like, kind of sarcastic, but he's like, uh huh, yeah. Help, help me. This is so soon, but at 16 seconds behind Shelly, I don't know if you noticed this, there's a whiteboard that says, did you see what it said? I did, I did. <laughs> Retirement party for Chuck Fowler, November 22nd. And then in parentheses underneath, in all capitals, please come, two exclamation points, and come. <laughs> line twice and then below that it says in quotes he has no friends 
Oh, I did not. So I couldn't read all of it. So on my TV. <laughs> that is. I oh. enhanced. <laughs> you enhanced. You. Poor Chuck. <laughs> I know. You can also see behind Shelly on the microwave that there's a big box of quick. And I loved that because Chandler throughout the series loves chocolate milk. So yeah, he drinks Yoohoo all the time. All the time. All the time. And at one point, there's an episode where he's like, oh, do you want a Yoohoo? And they're like, no, thanks. I'm not 16. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. I'm not a 13 year old. Anyway. Oh, man. So this break room, I, I'm just like, I don't understand how big their company is because in this break room, there's only room for one person at this table. Like, where does everyone else eat? Anyway. And then there's like a gross couch that like no one's going to want to sit on. It made me think of that episode of The Office where um, Dwight makes everyone stagger their lunch shifts so no one's wasting time. And Jim's like, my lunch is from like 10.15 to 10.30. Just <laughs> alone in there like, I'm not hungry. Yeah. When, Sh- when Chandler's like, I'm not gay. And Shelly, because she wants to set him up with a guy. And he's like, wait, I'm not gay. And she's like, Oh, oh no. I'm going to go flush myself down the toilet now. Okay, bye. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> oh, she she's a, she's a good one. I I wish they brought her back. I do too. Yep, after credits, we cut to Monica's apartment and the opening shot Okay, they have at least eight boxes that I could count of Chinese food plus soup. And I was just like... It's a lot of boxes. Number one, it's a lot. Like, isn't that excessive? And also expensive. Like, I, I, I don't know. I go to relatively cheap Chinese places and it's still not cheap. I feel like a box of Chinese food is good for like three meals. Yeah. <laughs> one box. Yeah, but okay. Eight. I do have to say, like, wh- I had to look up. They were all eating with these like long chopsticks <laughs> with forks and knives on the end, and and yeah. they were like different colors. I was like, what are these things that they're eating with? So I looked it up. Have you <laughs> seen these things? I've never seen such things. Are they? Well, I I hadn't, but I assumed they were like trainers. So like one side's chopsticks and one side is utensils. So you can pick. It is, but they're not trainers. They're like a a dual utensil called fork chops. No. Oh, no. No. Yes. No. Yes. And I really want one. (laughs) Fork chops is the worst name. (laughs) They're called fork chops. I looked them up. I really, really want, I want some. (laughs) They look like weapons. (laughs) But they're so colorful. Did you order some? I'm I'm buying some on Amazon. (laughs) This is what the pandemic has done to me. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait. When, When you log on, you're wearing, you're using like, 45 inch long things being like look i'm eating my dinner (laughs) i'm use it for everything don't let your children use them they look sharp (laughs) oh they'll most definitely turn into weapons or or wands (laughs) okay so 
So we pan, we like pan into the living room. Mm-hmm. I have a big problem. Chandler just had a cup of dried whatever kind of brand of noodles he's eating for lunch, and now his entire plate is noodles. <laughs> like he's having noodles twice. No one else. There's like a lot of carbs. Well, but in your twenties, all you can eat, you can eat all the carbs you want, right? That's true. Everyone else's plates are look a little more balanced. Which was why it was so upsetting. And like, you just had a whole thing of styrofoam of noodles. So now your whole plate is, there's only noodles on it. Yep. (laughs) Did you happen to see what they were all wearing? Oh man, I am so excited. I may vomit. Okay. We'll just speed through it and only talk about the terrible things. How about that? (laughs) I only have three notes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I wanted to talk about their fashion because did you see what Monica was wearing? My next note says, Rachel looks so great, so cute. Monica's outfit is so distracting, I hate it. What even is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's wearing the depressed purple again. And it's like now in the form of this terrible skirt suit with shoulder pads. And it's so offensive. <laughs> the jacket is so baggy. The skirt is too short. The whole thing's wrinkled, and it's made out of material. It's like a jersey sheet material, and I hate it so much. <laughs> I It's, like, I still couldn't figure out the color. Like, I kept seeing, I, like, <laughs> I, like, she's wearing an elephant skin. nothing good about it (laughs) oh oh why did they do that to her oh my god i wish that i had like that visual of you (laughs) (laughs) just looked so downtrodden just like what is happening it's okay we'll 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 pause it and put it up on on instagram uh i'm legitimately crying so (laughs) Oh, but Rachel, um, Rachel does look really cute. She looks very cute. She's, she's, um, and now I'm mixing up. This is the scene where she has like the, the bodysuit with the skirt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the, and it's yep. like a, like a real like scoop neck, mm-hmm. but she's got her hair half up. It's just, she just looks really cute. She looks cute. She looks really fit and like trendy and she, she looks like she's got it all going on. Yeah. <laughs> that's what people say. Sure. Help me. Um, <laughs> see, I'm like Chandler. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> um, also, I just wanted to mention that Monica has no diamond ring on that finger. Oh, yeah. There's a different ring, but it doesn't look like the diamond anymore, so. Okay. I wonder I wonder if she's still with What's-His-Face. I'm hesitant to say which What's-It-Face it was because I got it wrong <laughs> I want to say John Cougar Mellon Camp, but I could be very wrong. I think that's the one I said it was, and then it was wrong. <laughs> Bob Seeger. Wait, what? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Things are going great. <laughs> Best episode ever. Oh, dude. 
<laughs> okay, um We already talked about the fork chops, right? <laughs> of the giggles right now it's so bad because I, I, I love the fork chops so much oh my god that name like who named those come on oh man <laughs> okay 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 let's get it back okay. together how <laughs> Paolo calls from Rome and Ross is clearly extremely excited about the whole thing oh my gosh rachel's super excited like ross is just super butthurt he like his face is just like oh i like to go to rondell he's like i can call for rome all i gotta do is go to rome (laughs) joey kind of like pats him he's like yeah it's fine buddy there's lots of women ross get over it when rachel has tells monica like hey your dad beeped through. Just remember, I'm on the phone with Rome. And then it's Nana. Like, or Nana, they find out what happened to Nana. I bet Rachel feels real bad. I hope so. But then also it's like, does she? Because uh, like, is, he, is she fully there yet? Is she fully real, like a realized person yet? She's kind of like, it's Paolo from Rome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She probably does, though. We'll see. We'll see. I have to tell you that this is like back to serious, but um, I was driving around the other day thinking about what you said about like, if like when Rachel runs in from her wedding and like they hadn't talked for so long and Monica, like they're just, they were such good friends. Like Monica would have just taken her like Rachel's doing all this selfish stuff. Like they really like that. Whatever. This is like, whatever. It just stuck with me what you said. So. Oh, that like when she has these moments, I think about that. Yeah. That she she needs someone to kind of take care of her and, like, help her grow as a yeah. person. And that they were such good friends, like, that that's why Monica is doing it. Mm-hmm. Because even though she wasn't invited to the wedding, they haven't kept in touch. Like, she's just there for her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. It's so good. I think about that in my off time all the time. <laughs> Really sweet. <laughs> no, but it's true. They're family. They really are yeah. family and they take care of each other, even mm-hmm. though they haven't up till that point. And even though Rachel's being like a tiny bit insufferable right now. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Um, so we cut over to the hospital and Judy and Jack are in the waiting room with, is it Aunt Lillian? Is that Lillian? Yeah. Lillian? yeah. Which I don't think we see ever again past this episode, do we? I think it's just this one, but I have to say that Jack Geller's hair is like, he's got like a perm going on. It's real curly. His hair and his sweater, his hair and his sweater are both like real out of control. Oh man, I am so excited. I'm a bum. There's a lot happening with Jack Geller right now. <laughs> I said, I, I wrote that Jack's Argyle sweater is just horrid. <laughs> Vonway, be careful. We're going to put the fashion noise yeah. in. It's coming. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Do you want to just use my voice? We should just do. Yeah, I should just use that. That's pretty <laughs> good. Do... Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> I don't know. 
Let me know if you want me to it's do real it again. Soothing. Okay. Yeah, maybe just one more time for posterity. Pos- posterity. Posterity. Pos- Is that the right? Posterity. Oh no. I'm saying posterity. That's wrong. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> I also okay. So Ross like steps up on a coffee table and I wrote like is that what you would call that item of furniture in a, in a hospital and also why is that there in a hospital why is there a coffee table in a hospital there needs to be a place to put the cups have you ever seen a coffee table at a hospital no not at all it's just chairs um, but I do have to say that the, the waiting room other than the table the furniture and the decor look very authentic because yeah. it's definitely those those um, chairs with the wooden wooden armrests that you can't rest arms on, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and then just like the terrible paintings of nothing that are on the walls <laughs> that are just meant to soothe. <laughs> They're for prosperity. Prosperity. Pos- <laughs> yes. I also. I loved, so, like, I, I was really thrown off by the coffee table, but then I loved that Ross, like, stepped up on it to say hi to his dad. He, like, had to step up to, yeah. and I wondered if that was improvised or not. It was so good. Probably. His whole, his body language there was so great. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they just rush in, like, it's just, like, this great family moment that they're just like, oh my gosh, like, we came as soon as we could, and, like, they're all embracing. And then <laughs> the first thing that Judy says is, like... Oh, I'm so glad you're here. And then she's like, what's with your hair? <laughs> like immediately to that judgment. And Monica's <laughs> like, nothing's different. And she's like, oh, maybe that's it. <laughs> it's like, oh, poor Monica just can't win with her mom. She can't win. Her mom's mom is in the hospital dying. And it's like, what's with your hair? I literally wrote down that exact same exchange to read to you. <laughs> And I said, like, the Geller family dynamics are just so gold. Like, they, I find this family so believable. Yep. We, I mean, we've talked about it in a previous episode. Like, they play off of each other in all ways so well. Like, Judy and Jack yeah. together. I mean, all of them. They're like, the, the yeah. mother, father, like, or the mother, daughter, father, son, all of it is just so yeah. brilliant. Um, so it, even when even when Monica like after that exchange goes over to Ross and is just like oh my god <laughs> mom and he's just like such a good brother he's just like don't worry we still have boyfriends in your career to cover it's gonna be a long <laughs> night <laughs> I just love that he never like he always has stuff going wrong in his life and she doesn't and he never offers up any no. reprieve for her he's like no. don't worry we can cover this other stuff that's wrong with you yeah. Instead of like, oh, I'm getting divorced and, you know, yeah. I'm living in this like weird apartment where I don't even have a trash can. <laughs> yeah. But he still like is still big brothery to her. It's just like it's not like a that's like not a competition in this moment. Right. Even when it becomes one later. <laughs> <laughs> I also really thought that the casting of the woman who played Judy's sister was really good. Like they do look alike. Uh huh. Do you want to know who plays her sister? Yes, I do. Eleanor Donahue. She sadly passed away in 2011, born in 1937 in Tacoma, Washington, which is not very far oh. from where I am, a couple hours away. There you go. Um, 
She was a ballet school classmate of uh, the future partner of Fred Astaire, Bari Chase. So Bari Chase was a ballet partner, dance partner of Fred Astaire. And um, Eleanor was a ballet school classmate of hers. She was a child actress working in vaudeville. And she had several bit parts in movies as a teenager, um, including one that starred Elizabeth Taylor. She had stardom for her role as the elder daughter Betty on the TV show Father Knows Best. She was in 12 episodes of The Andy Griffith Show as a pharmacist and got mentioned in the opening credits, which is like big time. Um, The character was intended to be a love interest for Sheriff Andy Taylor, but after one season, she decided to ask for a release from her three-year contract because she was having trouble in her personal life following the end of Father Knows Best and needed a break from the whirlwind of her career. Wow. Um, I watched the Andy Griffith show extensively when I was younger. If I was better at whistling, I would whistle it to you right now. <laughs> I'm a terrible whistler in camp. I want you to try. It's going to be like when Chandler tried to whistle and blew his gum out. <laughs> blackout. <laughs> That was a really good attempt. <laughs> Not gonna try again. That, that's fine. That was good. For whistles for our cat, and um, so I tried. I go outside and try to whistle for the cat, and I have to like prepare my whole body and like have that like you know that double Dutch thing to jump in for jump rope. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have to like. Okay, now I'm gonna whistle. Like, <laughs> like prep, you have to like prep your lungs and. Yeah. Prep your lips. <laughs> Are they wet enough? Maybe not. Okay, now. Um, <laughs> okay, you're going to love this. She guest appeared on Star Trek. Oh. In the second season episode called Metamorphosis in 1967 as Commissioner Nancy Hedford. I assume you know all about that person or oh. monster. I don't know what she is. <laughs> Commissioner Monster. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't specify any other kind of Trekiverse, so I don't know if that's one you like. I didn't watch a lot of the original series. I didn't, like, keep up with it. I was a next generation Trekkie. So just Star Trek was the original. Yes. Just called Star Trek. Okay. Okay. Yep. And then there was the reboot in the 90s. Of the next generation, which was my generation. But the people on it were like a million years older than you. So not really your generation. Well, yeah. No. Tr- just true. I, I had the biggest crush on Captain Jean-Luc Picard. I mean, who doesn't? And I still do. I love Patrick Stewart so much. <laughs> I've said it before on this podcast. I'd follow him into a black hole, even as if he was just himself and not yes. acting in Star Trek. <laughs> I would do it. Um, my favorite thing, just total sidebar, my favorite thing in the world was a video that Patrick Stewart posted on Twitter of him sitting in his living room during the pandemic wearing a Jillian Welsh t-shirt reading a sonnet. I was just like, okay, I love you. What is your life? I want that pandemic. Mine is not that relaxed. No. That sounds great. I was just like, that's, I love you. He's a true gem. 
of all generations. I don't know about Star Trek. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Donahue appeared uh, not yet. Yeah, this is uh, Eleanor Donahue, not that one from the not talk the show. talk show. <laughs> okay, so she appeared in a 1981 episode of One Day at a Time, which I thought was fun because everyone on this everyone on Friends seems to have some connection to a soap opera. Yeah. Um, she also was on The Flying Nun, Happy Days, Different Strokes, Golden Girls. She played the Beverly Hills clothing store manager in Pretty Woman. She had a recurring role on Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. She was on Coach, The Young and the Restless, and Princess Diaries 2. Oh my god, she got around. But like, I love that she was in Pretty Woman as the yeah. clothing store manager. Like, eh, you can't shop here. Um, and then my last fact. In 1998, she published a memoir entitled In the Kitchen with Eleanor Donahue in which she relived some of her memories of Hollywood, along with providing more than 150 of her recipes. So we should probably get that book. Oh, she sounds so cute. And, like, she had, like, a great career with a lot of cool people. She seemed, I mean, she looks very sweet. I just want to, like, scoop her up. Yeah. That was a long sidebar. I just, like, couldn't stop when I was reading her bio. I was like, well, she was at this and this? Those are all very good shows. So when they're reminiscing in the waiting room about Nana and talking about like the fuzzy little mints at the bottom of her purse, I almost gagged, like, like physically gagged. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I know it was supposed to be kind of sweet and they were, they were all kind of like, but I was like, oh God. (laughs) (laughs) I can't stand if there's like even a hair somewhere. So like the fact that, no I that's funny I have like all these supplements that I have to take and all these like vitamins for my naturopath and so I have one of those old person like pill containers that's like a two week one yeah. because the one week one I got tired of refilling it too too often so I bought a two week one so I to refill it as often and then I dropped it earlier today and the pills went everywhere so I had to like pick them up figure out which day they went in and I was like oh just blow this off it's fine Blow it off and put it back in. You have fuzzy little vitamins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I've taken, like, supplements out of the sink that fell in, like, water. Oh, God. Ugh. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but, you know, what I did notice in that scene is that um, Ross and his dad both have their left leg up on the hospital coffee table and their arms crossed. And, like, they're related. Okay. I totally noticed that as well. But did you also notice Monica and Judy? They were all mm-hmm. like, like the two, the father, son oh, and mother, daughter, they were sitting the exact same way, like mirroring each other. And I was like, yeah, that had to be intentional. I don't know. It was mm-hmm. just, it was such a like good little, little piece of directing yeah. That just like again, that little family dynamic of like these people like love each other. They're related and they look like a family. Yeah. Like they didn't even have to say anything. They just like had them do these things that not everyone may have noticed, but it, like it shows that like Ross is like his dad and Monica's like her mom. Yeah. Whether or not they like it, they are. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. No, I loved it. So are you ready to go into Nana's room for the scene? <laughs> oh. 
so Monica and Ross go in to, to say goodbye to Nana because the nurse says like, oh, it's it's time. And I just have to say, I was watching the actress who was who played Nana. She was not doing a good job at looking dead because she was clearly breathing. <laughs> is that is that you know, mean? It's so funny. <laughs> no, it's so funny because I like A didn't even look at her at all. Didn't notice. And B didn't even think to like look up who played Nana. I was like so distracted by Ross and his physical comedy. Like didn't even occur to me. So that's fine. I didn't, sorry, look, Nana. I, didn't, I didn't look her up either. Althea. Sorry, Althea. So, <laughs> so in addition to that, I have to just point out all hospital sheets and bedding and all of that and decor in general is just, we can agree that it's just god awful. But yeah, this is the brightest shade of pink I think I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. It's like, it's like Barbie pink on steroids. Um, and like when she pulls the blanket up, I was just like, I don't even think any of my kids own anything that shade of pink. Like it was just so not hospitally. Everything in hospitals seemed like so muted. I was, it was very shocking to me. It's like what the color that should have been on Ross's comforter had it not been faded. Yes. It was like that neon. Yeah. No, it was MTV pink. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I I just have like one fact about the nurse was by Marilyn Takuda. I hope I say that right. T o k u d a. She is from Seattle, Washington, which like I love that Nana's from Tacoma and the nurse is from Seattle mm-hmm. and Bellingham. Like we're all very close. Um, she has been on Magnum PI, Grey's Anatomy, Bold and the Beautiful, where she played a character named Ursula. Oh, which I liked. Another soap opera and another uh-huh. Friends connection. Um, also on Frasier, Boy Meets World, Seinfeld, and Hill Street Blues. Well, I didn't like her. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you why. Okay. Um, she was so not nursey. Like, she was... <laughs> I didn't... This is so petty. I didn't believe her as an actor. <laughs> Sorry. Um... <laughs> Anyway, I'll I'll get into it. I'll get into the specifics after this scene. But I just, yeah, I I have a problem with her. Um, I liked your enunciation. I'll get into the specifics after this scene. But anyway, (laughs) that's good. I'm clearly holding on to some things. (laughs) This poor poor person. We need to have like Ashley's grudge corner. This is kind of my judgy outlet. It's my, it's my ability to let out all my aggression from the pandemic into this forum, yeah. this forum right here. Just get get it all out. I think I've been a lot more patient and like, you know, willing to negotiate and willing to like be like open, like, oh, okay, tell me about you instead of like, ew, I don't like you because I have this. <laughs> yeah, it's just a it's a really great outlet. Yeah. When Monica goes and, like, kisses Nana and says goodbye, it's, like, really sweet. And then Ross does the same thing. And when Nana moves her arm and her head away and, like, makes that noise, and he, like, flails back. 
And, and so the best part of that whole thing is Monica's scream is so yes. good and real. And she just like bolts out of the room. This is when acting is so impressive because like how many times did they have to do that scene? I mean, maybe they only did it once, but to do that more than once and have it look like that. Great job, guys. Oh, it was so convincing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I felt like. <laughs> It was the first time that that had ever happened, and that truly surprised them. <laughs> Screaming is so hard to do, ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I'm always impressed with a scream. Yeah. Good job, Courtney Cox. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> so when they, like, run out of the room, Ross stops at the waiting room, but Monica just keeps going and, like, <laughs> goes to find the nurse. Like, did you notice that? She just was, like, out of there. She's done. Yeah. Bye. But we find out later that she's she went to go get the nurse. <laughs> the nurse. Um, Favorite. <laughs> but, like, Ross explaining what happened, being like, you know how she passed? Well, not, like, the where he puts in his pauses are so good when he's just, well, she's not quite. <laughs> and, and just, like, leaves it at that. His emphasis... Him and Chandler both, like, do that. The emphasis they put in their sentences is so incredible and so unique and so fun. That's what makes it so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know that the line wasn't written that way, but he, that's how he says it, and that's why it's so funny. Yeah, and they make fun of him about it, both him and Chandler, because they have different, <laughs> they have different cadences that they use, but his, yeah. like, uh, you know, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> You know how she's passed? Well, she's not quite. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so good. And when, he, when he's not like, when she, when he says, she's not past, she's, she's... present. <laughs> but then like when Lillian comes in and is like, what just happened? And Jack Geller. Oh my God. He's so good. When she's, he's just like, she may have died. <laughs> Looking into it. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that line because he's just like, in that moment, he's that <laughs> clueless dad where he's just like, well, I guess I'm going with this shit. <laughs> I feel like he is the shining star of this episode. He is like, all his scenes are so good. Yes. Okay. Can I talk about the nurse? Yeah. Is she caught? I feel like I'm. I feel like I, like, just skipped over. So I was watching this episode, and I, I th- kept forgetting to, like, stop and write stuff down. Because I was, en- I feel like I was, like, enjoying it so yeah. much. So That's okay. Like, this scene keeps going, and, I'm, and I have no more notes. And I'm like, oh, there's still more happening? <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. It's all good. Um, no, so the nurse comes back in. Like, Monica brings her back in. And she goes in and checks, and then, like, comes out. And she's like... This almost never happens. And I, and I was just like, she's acting so nonchalant. And then, like, they're in there, and there's a very strong pulse on the monitor. And it's a very, like, new and strong and going. And then it just flatlines. And then without checking anything, she just, like, <laughs> pulls the sheet over her head. And it's like, wouldn't you at least like do something nursey and 
che- like check her vitals and make sure she really is dead and it's not like a malfunction. I, I yeah. I I was or very... get like a doctor to pronounce her dead before you decide. Yeah, I, I was very um concerned <laughs> at the this hospital's choices. I feel like we need to send this scene to the the Scrubs podcast and be like, is this legit? Yeah. Because she, so I had a question about that heart monitor because when they're all in there or when Monica and Ross are in there, there's no heart monitor. So if she's dead, presumably they've taken her off all that stuff. She's dead. So did they like, she moved and so then they hook her back up to the heart, to the monitor or like, it didn't just turn back on. It's not like a, you know. Yeah, at your leisure item. It's like a thing. It's a finger cuff. It's like it's just a thing that goes on your finger. Is it? Mm-hmm. That's how they. That's how they check your heart rate, isn't it? But so, like, why didn't it make any noise when she moved and Ross and Monica were in there? That's a really good. That's a really good point. <laughs> if she was dead, would she still have that thing on her finger? Who knows? I, I feel like the, the staffing in this hospital is very incompetent. I feel like they needed a medical director on this episode because I've been listening to like, I've been binging the Scrubs podcast and like this shit is not tracking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And they've been joking about doing a friend's rewatch and I'm getting very nervous. <laughs> like you said, we need to write into them and be like, guys, we got it covered, but can you just yeah. give us some medical advice? Yeah, just tell us about Nana's uh, situation. <laughs> Is this okay? Is a finger thing a thing? <laughs> we cut to Central Perk next. So the, they're all wearing the same clothes. So, like, presumably this is the same night after they were eating Chinese food, right? Because they're wearing all the same clothes, but now Rachel is working. no. No, because Rachel's wearing something different. She's wearing something different, but all of the rest of them are wearing the same thing. Oh, I did not notice and I, that. So I, I only wrote about her ups outfit. I was like, "How late is this coffee shop open, and why does she get this <laughs> shitty shift?" Although apparently there's plenty of patrons because the place is full. But I was like, I don't. I was very confused on the timeline. I thought it was dark when they were eating Chinese food. This is not the first time we've had this question. What time is it? (laughs) (laughs) What time is it and where are you supposed to be? Why are you not working? Yeah. Or is it just all hours of the night? I mean, do they live like vampires and drink coffee all the time? It is New York. That's true. Their thing is that you can get anything at any hour. But... We've seen, like, the coffee shop closed up, so. But but I have seen people at Starbucks at, like, 9 p.m., so. That's true. There are coffee shops that stay open late, so maybe after dinner. But, like, okay, I'm sorry. Hang on. If you're in your apartment, now I'm going to rage a little bit. If you're in your apartment and you're eating Chinese food, presumably you're, like, home, you're full, why would you then leave the comfy couch where you're sitting in your like comfy clothes or maybe not they're wearing their weird outfits, but why would you then be like, let's change locations and go downstairs. 
I agree. And also then drink coffee on top of Chinese food. Like. Well, <laughs> no. Yeah. Like Court tried to give me coffee at like 2 p.m. the other day. And I was like, I can only have one sip. This is very late. And he was like, it's not that late. And I was like, it's very late for me. <laughs> Same. I can't drink drink coffee past noon. That's my cutoff too. I'm if, like, if you don't make, if you don't give it to me before 12, like it's not happening. Yeah, I also process coffee very slowly. I don't know if my metabolism just like grinded to a halt when I turned like after 35. But like if I drink coffee, it kicks in hours later and then I'm just buzzed. So I I just I can't I have to cut it off. I have to take like an hour or two to drink one latte because it makes me very anxious and it just hits me and just like, yeah. so I have to spread it out. Yeah. Anyway, Rachel's hair is still not quite the Rachel, but it looks, it, it's still the long version, but it looks nice. Yeah. She can still kind of pull it back and it looks cute. It's not that like constantly tucking behind the ear thing. Oh, no, we know how I feel about that. Yes. Not good. Also, her little outfit looks good. Oh, man, I am so excited. I may vomit. It's, she has that, like, weird denim shirt that's, like, it's, like, the top of an overall with a pouch, but it's a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Which makes it sound bad, but it looks cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect to carry pencils. <laughs> and poor, oh, poor Phoebe. You can tell, like, Lisa Kudrow has a cold in part of this episode. Yeah. I wrote, poor Phoebe. So evident Kudrow has a cold, which actually sounds like a Phoebe song. Yeah. Kudrow has a cold. <laughs> Sticky shoes. <laughs> I love that episode. I know. Oh, man. So I have a new theory about the double table because we see it again. Oh, I didn't even see it in this one. Yeah, no, it's it's very big. <laughs> In one of the shots, it's like you could see the full table, the full double table with magazines across. So I was thinking, okay, yes, they on on the stage, you know, we only see like part of the coffee shop. So I'm wondering if it was meant to be like another table where they have like another couch or seating area on the other side of the coffee shop. So they're actually like it's like mirroring their setup, like another setup that's meant to be like that. I still feel like they would share a table. But that was that was my new theory. <laughs> and also why does anyone watching this show give a flying f about that? Like that's true. we don't need to see it. We don't. No. And like later in this episode, there's a weird ass table in the Monica's apartment that we will get to that I am very upset about. <laughs> I didn't notice that, so I'm excited. <laughs> oh my god, it's upsetting. Get ready. Phoebe's talking about like when she senses her mom, like off to the side, and Chandler's sitting on that side, yeah. and him leaning back, just being like, "Ooh," because her mom is right here. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> her whole thing right here with with Debbie and the the miniature golf pencils, like, I love her. <laughs> I love that she was like, you know, I don't know who this is, but it's not Debbie. Yeah. And she like, I, I feel like 
the perception of Phoebe is that like, oh, she's a kook, like to borrow Monica word or Ross word, like she's a kook. And like everyone laughs at her kookiness, but they also like mildly buy in because if you like Rachel takes the pencil and is like, ew, but who's in this pencil then? Like, yeah. I know. Like she takes it like it's so gross. Um, so there's like a little bit of believability to her kooky stuff. Yeah. Like, well, the same uh, way. What if she's right? Yeah. The same, the same like way that Chandler kind of like recoils. A yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, is she? Oh, oh. So right here is where there's a deleted scene back to Monica's apartment where it's just her and her dad. And I the literally the only thing I wrote, I love Jack so much. I have no other comments. He's just so great and funny. Like I know. I love that they're picking out coffins for his dead mother-in-law. And he's all he can think about is like his indecisiveness. <laughs> And he's just like, this is why your mother picks out all my clothes. I hate to shop. Like, <laughs> She's like, is it because it makes it final if you pick out a coffin? And he's like, no. I really just don't like to shop. <laughs> so part of me just like, I feel like I, oh, have, yes. I have a soulmate in Jack Geller. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel you, Jack. I hate shopping. If I had a personal shopper that could just like, or like a stylist that was just be like, here, wear this, I would be so happy. <laughs> Otherwise, I just basically wear sweatpants all day. <laughs> you are wearing a shirt that says Pong on it right now. <laughs> I feel it's very current. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I love you for wearing Aww, it. Thanks. It's my PJ shirt. It's actually really cute. All right. So we cut now to Nana's place. Yeah. New set. I'm so excited to talk about Nana's bedroom. <laughs> I can't wait to hear all your background stuff. Go. <laughs> so I the first thing that I noticed was we all know Nana loves sweet and low. And she painted her walls sweet and low pink. So that's the first thing. Um, like, it's just such a grandma room. There's, like, old pictures on the wall. There's a still-life painting. Um, there's quilts on quilts on quilts. Like, I think that yeah. Lillian lifts up, a pe- like, one of the quilts, and there's a quilt underneath. <laughs> Which was just like, oh. Like, the, there's flowery curtains that clash with, uh, like, the flowery upholstered chair. It's just, like, so much floral. Uh-huh. There was one thing that I noticed from one of the shots that looked like a sock on the dresser drawer. It was like hanging off of it. And I was like, why is there a sock on the dresser handle? Like, is that a weird signal for so- like, I don't understand. But then like a sex sign. That, well, that's, like that's Yeah, that's where I went. I was like, <laughs> but it's on the dresser. Like. I don't understand. I also say that like I ever use that. I never used that. No, I, I didn't either. I don't know. I no. I just know that about from movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people do. Yeah. Um, but I, in, a, in another shot from the from like the angle of the bed where Lillian was standing, you could see it's like a flowery embroidered stuffed pillow that has like some kind of message on it. So I was like, okay, phew. Oh, you thought it was a sock, but it was a pillow. It was a pillow. Is that what you mean? Yes. 
Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't see the connection. I was like, and? Wait, what happened no. to the sock? <laughs> no. Okay. Got it. So they're going through all of Nana's stuff. I also just really quick and curious, like, she loves Sweet and Low. And I, like, all I could think about was what your reaction was going to be to Sweet and Low. Because when Rachel had some in her coffee, you, like, couldn't take it. <laughs> your whole body is twitching right now. Um, I did extensive research on Sweet and Low. <laughs> Can I tell you about it? Tell me. How much cancer does it give you? <laughs> That's exactly what I looked up. So I remember in the 90s, like I remember when I just learned to chew gum, like my mom was very much like, oh, sugar free. You can only have sugar free gum. And then in the 90s, I feel like there was this whole anti sugar free um, cancer, co- like all of these things came out that was like aspartame and all of these other sugar substitutes cause cancer and um, you, you want to stay away from them. So I looked it up and um, there was a huge warning campaign against sugar substitutes in that started in 1977, which I didn't realize it really? went. Yeah, I didn't realize it went back that far. Uh, but Sweet and Low specifically got a warning label due to it, the main sugar substitute in Sweet and Low is saccharin, saying that it caused cancer in laboratory animals. So I think that that carried through up until 1980. The International Agency for Research on Cancer later found it to be inconclusive and, and not causing cancer in humans. So I think that because this this other study had like come up and kind of blown it, blown it out there that even like it was overshadowed by this or th- that study. It was o- overshadowed the, the real study. The actual science. Yeah. <laughs> and people just carried that like, oh yeah, saccharin causes cancer. But it was still controversial. <laughs> this is what I thought was so funny. It was controversial because the main issue that scientists kept pushing was that they were worried that because it's a sugar substitute, people would ingest more of it and therefore like hurt themselves more because they didn't see it as harmful as sugar. So basically scientists thought that people were so stupid that they would just like overly ingest sugar substitutes. Yeah. And if there wasn't a warning label like people would think oh this is magic sugar so i can have as much as i want (laughs) which honestly is probably not far-fetched for the scientists to think like people are i know some people aren't that smart i know um well and also like some companies are just kind of evil yeah you can market any any way to be deceiving yeah 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 so basically all sugar substitutes, including like saccharin, aspartame, neotame, and sucralose, in some people, they all have some kind of serious side effects. So depending on like your, how, what you're allergic to, it just like, but it's very small portions of the population. Otherwise, they are acceptable for ing- ingestion. Even now? Yes. Yes. Even aspartame? Yes, completely fine. I, I saw nothing that caused negative, like severe negative side effects. And I have some data to share by from the FDA that is mind-blowing. The FDA came out with acceptable daily intake for each one of these 
sugar substitutes. And this acceptable daily intake is 100 times less than what would cause adverse health effects. 100 times less, okay? Just keep that in mind. Okay. So the average daily intake for each sweetener for a 150-pound person is as follows. Okay. Aspartame, 15 cans of diet soda. This is per, I'm sorry. This is per day. This is a hundred times under what would cause adverse, like that would cause adverse health effects. Fifth, this is from the federal whatever DA <laughs> drug yes. administration. Yes. Is that what it is? Yes. This is the FDA. Whoa. Okay. Asper- I'm sorry. Does anyone drink 15 cans of soda in a day? Also, probably. I'm sorry. Sure. I'm losing my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. So that's aspartame. 15 <gasps> t- cans of diet soda. So saccharin is eight, so eight and a half packets of sweet and low, which I th- feel like is very doable. Wait, if you wait, you can have eight and a half packets of sweet and low in a day per day. So yep. that's a hundred times less than. The- uh-huh. Who is having that much? Are you kidding? I don't know. I'm, I'm like, how did they uh, test this? That's what I want to know. Oh, my God. And this is like current information. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. I feel like I'm in the matrix. Yeah. What's going on? So sucralose was five cans of diet soda, which sucralose is um, Splenda. So anything like okay. Splenda is a little, I think, a little bit more like higher um, in that. And then Neotame, which I didn't do a lot of research on Neotame. I'd actually never heard of it, but it said 18 milligrams, which I have no context of what that means. <laughs> so I, just, I was just like, what the actual fuck? Wow. I'm speechless. Are you looking at what's in your crush? <laughs> I totally looked at the ingredients in my Kirkland hard seltzer and it has cane sugar. So I'm fine. Good old Kirkland, Washington, guys. A local place. There you go. Anyway, so basically it just like people out there, don't be stupid and ask your doctor if you're having, if you think you're getting too much, but I think you're probably fine. So much. Wow, that that's crazy because I really thought aspartame was like the ultimate worst thing of all time. Like, nope. do not have aspartame ever. No, nope. it's inconclusive. Okay, so I have another question that you may not have done this research, but isn't there other things in diet? Is it just the sugar substitute that in diet stuff is the, the harmful thing, or is there other stuff in diet, like diet soda, that is also bad for you? Well, I think like just sugar, artificial colors and all of that are well, not great. That's in regular soda, too. Yeah. I thought specifically like diet stuff. So I guess it's just a myth. I did read that like aspartame can be harmful for like bone. They can reduce bone density. So especially like for women like who get older, you know, like who are more prone to osteoporosis and that kind of thing, like that can be really bad. So it's it, but it's still it's just like like little it's very targeted. It's not like this, like everyone is 
like is in danger wow. because of this. So. Wow. Yeah. I have to rethink some things I've said about aspartame. I'm very sorry, aspartame. <laughs> really been negative towards me. But that's how we're here to grow and learn. Yes. <laughs> it's science. Now have have those fifteen diet sodas. <laughs> I mean, I have like maybe two sodas a year, maybe. Like I don't drink I stopped drinking soda in college, so Yeah. Every once in a while it's like either a sprite or a root beer. Like you- once or twice a year. You're fine. And I don't do diet. Right. Well, that just really blew my mind. Glad I could help. And then, <laughs> I feel like I have to rethink my whole life. This is really crazy. <laughs> I didn't expect that. 15 cans is 100 times less. That's why I'm like, how do you, how do you know that? <laughs> but also, what side effects are they talking about? Because if you're like, di- I mean, that has to contribute to diabetes and stuff too, right? I, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I know you're not a scientist. I'm so sorry. Okay. This podcast is not meant to provide nutritional information or (laughs) dietary recommendations. Disclaimer. Or or really any facts. Or really anything that is probably accurate. Uh, We have a segment called Fix It Now because we don't always know what we're doing. Yes. Wow. Wow. Anyway. Wow. Um, would I be any more blown away? No. Oh, so Ross going into the closet and handing them like clothes and shoes, like becoming the shoe salesman in the closet, is just comedy gold. I love it so much. And when Lillian's just like, "Could we see something in a slimmer heel?" and this whole exchange, he's just like, "I may have something in the back." I, right before that, when that scene starts, and Ross is like, I thought it was going to be a closed casket. And Judy's like, that doesn't mean she can't look nice. It really, like, shows why Monica is the way she is. Like, yeah. that is how her mom, that's how her mom was brought up. That's how now Monica has been, like, okay, well, you're, you have bad ears. So your ears are your worst feature. So, like, don't put your hair behind your ears. Like, yeah. you know, just because you're dead doesn't mean you can't look good. Yep. That is funny, though, when he dives in the closet, like, who, I mean, how did Nana get her clothes out if that dresser was there? I do, it's a ginormous dresser. You can't even. How did it get in there? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and yeah, how do you get your clothes? I don't know. I, I had the same question. So now we cut to Monica's apartment where Jack is talking. They're sitting in the, in the bay window. Okay. Upset about where they're sitting. <laughs> Tell me. I'm very upset. Talk to me, Goose. Ashley. Maverick. Okay. I only saw that movie once, so I hope I'm using that correctly. You did. You did great. <laughs> okay, great. Give me some butts. That's from that movie. So, okay. <laughs> um. Okay. In the scene before that was cut from the streaming version, her and her dad are sitting at the table. They're having this conversation about picking up the casket. It seems lovely. They're just the two of them. I love when the two of them are together. Yes. You can definitely see why you can see why they have a stronger bond than her and her mom. Because like they're similar like he loves her, he gets her, he's supportive and he's so like doofy. He's I know. he's like even though he says things that aren't nice, it's not like malicious. Yeah. Whereas her mom is like more calculating. But 
Okay, so they have this great scene that's very short, and then we go, and now they're sitting in the effing window with the effing pink chair at the desk that no one's ever sat at, like, having a drink. Why? Why are they there? I'm sorry, I'm so upset. I was just like, why is anyone sitting in this area? Why is this stuff still here? No one would put a desk here. How does Monica get out of her bedroom door with that stuff there? I don't get it. I hate it so much. Why are they not sitting on the couch? Why aren't they sitting where they just... Yeah, exactly. The whole apartment's open. It's more comfortable. I mean, I mean, maybe gazing out the window is nice, but like, you could do that from the couch? Yeah, I don't know. I love how upset you are about this. <laughs> I just like... Okay, I... Uh... It's probably like I have some OCD for sure, which I don't, which makes me even angrier because I know Monica does. And why is that stuff there? <laughs> why does this not bother her? <laughs> true, true. Um, I do love their conversation though. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, Jack Geller being buried at sea is. Uh, I I I love this image so much, and he how he how Monica is just like, are you serious, Dad? Like, what are you talking about? And he's just like. You'll make a day of it. Like, get it looks boat, like fun. Get a boat, pack a lunch. <laughs> he's so great. Oh my god! And then when he's just like, everyone thinks they know me. Like, <laughs> he's just like, I want them to just see. Like, so we was buried at sea, huh? huh. <laughs> and then that's it. He's like, I'd like that. <laughs> it looks like fun. I feel like I have a kindred spirit in Jack Geller. Yeah. 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 Every time I see Jack, I think, I like, because I know you love him so much, not because I think you're the same. (laughs) 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 This time around, watching this show is definitely different than any other time. I'm, like, very into some of these people that I just, like, were just, like, periphery before that I didn't really pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. I know, you just want to, like, bring them in and, like, squeeze them. Oh, my God. I would I would take Jack Geller as a family member, oh, for totally. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that he is drinking, because he's so doofy, you wouldn't expect him, him to be drinking some, like, very dark, hard alcohol. Well, so I was trying to figure out what they were drinking, because I think he takes a sip and I think Monica takes a sip. And I, the whole time I was like, I bet Richard drinks whatever that is. I bet it's the same thing Richard drinks. And I bet whatever it is, I would hate it. I can't drink. <laughs> it would make me gag. Whatever that is, I can't do it. It's some kind of some kind of bourbon, scotch, something. Yeah, it's that like echelon of alcohol that I'm like, are these all called the same thing? I don't know what the <laughs> difference between any of these things. <laughs> yes. Like what's a bourbon versus a whiskey? It's just in Kentucky. I don't know. Like what's the difference? Yeah, you're like, it all tastes horrible to me. <laughs> I hate all of it. So, yeah. <laughs> Why learn? <laughs> but it did seem like, you you know, Jack's so doofy. You'd be like, what? Like, it, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, very sophisticated drink, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Especially because I th- feel like you mostly see him drinking wine in other, <laughs> in other places. But we'll have to see. Yeah. Then we go back to Chandler's office, right? Oh, yes. Back to your break room. So 
a couple more, a couple quick background things that I just wanted to revisit was that there is one of those CPR posters of the choking lady that is seen in every break room. But also, there is a poster behind Chandler that you I only saw half of, but it says tease, pester, annoy, provoke, ridicule, coerce, intimidate, bully, threaten. And that's all I could see. And I'm I'm assuming that there's some <laughs> lesson. Under- it's just suggestions. <laughs> yeah, that there's some lesson underneath of like, don't do this. <laughs> but I couldn't see it. So I was just kind of like, and? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Unsettling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I wrote down Shelly. What is it that you're wearing? <laughs> Man, I am so excited. I may vomit. Because before, I mean, you had had different reactions to her first outfit. (laughs) But this is like, okay, it's like a shirt jacket that was made by a quilter that would be hung in the window of a fabric store. No one should actually wear. And then over the top of it is a quilted cardigan of sorts. And the most giant round purple earrings I've seen in my entire life. That seemed to match, like, some weird button that's attached to the quilted shirt. <laughs> I was appalled. Um, I, I really, I really want to read you my description. Because it's Please. so close to yours. <laughs> I said, Shelly's outfit is just offensive. Does she make her own clothes? <laughs> her shirt is a purple quilted mess with a collar. <laughs> With a collar made by a child. <laughs> and then, is she wearing a grandpa sweater over all of it? Also, she has a giant yellow button at her throat with giant purple button earrings <laughs> bigger than a plum. Oh, God. Oh, Shelly. <laughs> I didn't understand anything about this one. It was it was bad. It was bad for the nineties. Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then I then in my notes I said she she feels so sorry. Like she feels so bad. And I feel like her outfit just reflects that. She's just so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) She like couldn't even dress herself that morning because she felt so sorry. She was just like, What's on the sewing machine? I'll just wear that. I can't. (laughs) Speaking of just terrible, Mm. Chandler's tie is so short. Like, Ashley, it's so wide. I don't know what is going on. (laughs) I didn't even know that they made ties that wide. I don't think they... I don't... It can't really be a thing. It is so bad. I wrote in all capitals... Well, I said Chandler's finally wearing something kind of normal, except in all capitals, giant wide ass tie. <laughs> yeah, it's it is it like an abstract solar system on it. Like, what is the pattern? <laughs> I couldn't tell either. It's same with like his uh, his other tie. I just didn't get it. I hate it. No wonder him and Monica ended up together. She had that like horrible pantsuit or skirt suit. This tie, like, yeah, meant for each other. Yeah. 
I do love, though, that Shelly just revisits and was like, I'm so sorry. I just thought you and Lowell in finance would make a really cute couple. And <laughs> Chandler is so offended. Like, he latches <laughs> onto this so hard that, like, she would set him up with Lowell and not Brian. And she's like, oh, is Brian? He's like, well, I don't know, but I'd like to think if you're going to set me up with someone, you're Brian. <laughs> And she's like, well, I think Brian's a little out of your league. Yeah. <laughs> I just love their banter. It's really good. I know. She just she dishes it out, like, so good. Um, so well. But the fact that he's just, like, playing into it, and then he has to be like, I c- you don't think I could get a Brian? And so then he's just like, oh, my God. Okay. No, I'm really not. <laughs> even though Chandler seems to have no pride he has a tiny bit in there somewhere he he does to the fact where he pushes on certain things that he really doesn't care about just for (laughs) just for principle like he's just like he has to win the argument Mm -hmm. and i I think that's where that's where him and monica are so good because they like they they meet like they 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 don't compliment each other they like hold each other back because they can't they don't let each other get any farther than than they should and the things that they so they generally want to win on different things mm-hmm. but the things they come together on that they need to win like when they're on their honeymoon and they come back and they're like we met this great couple like greg and jenny or whatever yeah. their names are and then the, greg and jenny like don't want to be be friends with them and they're like so mad and both of them are like we're gonna we're gonna win yeah greg and jenny we're better than you <laughs> they're so indignant yeah i love it yeah and then we go back to nana's house so that's when the sweet and low rains from the sky <laughs> and that's where i said like judy and her sister seem to have the same relationship with their mom that Judy has with Monica and like anything you do is not right and, and Lillian's like well you know whatever we pick she wouldn't like it yeah and um <laughs> I wrote Ashley's favorite sweet and low so sweet and so gross that's <laughs> true um I do think I do think it's like a very sweet moment <laughs> sweet <laughs> god damn it um, sweet and low moment. Sweet and low moment when it comes when it like does rain from the closet and like Ross's face is so wholesome. He's just like looking up and being like, "Oh, oh, Nana! Oh, like Nana. this is a sign. Like it's very, it's very nice." She's crazy, but this is so nice. Yeah. Do you think that like with all that positive information you gave about Sweet and Low, like they might be a sponsor for our uh, podcast? That's a good point. Hey, sweet and low. them in a whole new light. <laughs> I, w- I won't drink. I won't, I'm, I'm not going to eat you. <laughs> but I'll talk about you more. To people who will. That's a great way to get a sponsor. I won't do it, but other people will when they hear me talk about how I don't do it. <laughs> great job. Thanks. We are going places. <laughs> Oh, man. Back to Monica's apartment. Oh, they're all getting ready to go to the to the funeral. I have to say, Monica looks great in the black outfit that she's wearing. She looks real that, good. Like, for a funeral, they all looked decent. Yeah. Chandler's, like, frilly scarf is not helping his cause. 
I just have to throw that out there. It, I don't even know what kind of scarf that is or if a person would ever <laughs> even wear that. I read this funny thing in this book. Um, they talk about, because the next page where I stopped reading, they talk about, uh, the next page says Chandler Muriel Bing. Uh-huh. And they say um, that they never actually considered making Chandler gay, but that the fact that that was a running gag influenced their decision to make his dad transgendered but then they expressed regret over that decision about how they portrayed that character as well um having kathleen turner like come on and play someone who was always the butt of the joke they felt bad about that but Mm. um chandler being gay was never actually a consideration it was just a a gag yeah i i actually loved kathleen turner like i loved she's incredible yeah she's so good playing (laughs) playing that role (laughs) Um, mm-hmm. but, but we'll get to that when we... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, at Monica's apartment, she's like, oh, mom called to let me know. Like, did you know my ears aren't my best feature? Um, and I was... Then I had this, like, this apparently, like, therapy moment where I was like, oh, her mom's extra critical to her in order to, like, deal with losing her own critical mom. Like, oh. it's how she's coping. <laughs> she's, like, ex- acting out extra towards Monica because she lost her mom so true <laughs> and then I was like I had this weird thing about like Paolo sent Rachel's shoes from Italy would he really send her shoes like knowing how he t- we know how he turns out like, is that something he would really do but then I was like he probably would because he's such a womanizer he's got to keep everyone on the hook so like he probably would send her shoes yeah probably I mean like shoes from Italy would be like sending I don't know a water bottle from Walmart. <laughs> like, aren't leather shoes or like something just like something? That... I think they're above a water <laughs> But doesn't that like, like say something about like Rome? It's like, ooh, shoes from Rome. Like, oh, I got a water bottle from Walmart. <laughs> it's so American. Ashley. <laughs> no, you're doing great. We're all we're all doing the best we can. <laughs> oh god. I need to get out of my house. Oh my god. I got to leave my house yesterday. It was the best. I had to drive like an hour away for work and I was like, oh I can't I want this drive to keep going. <laughs> this is so wonderful. I'm so glad I have a commute. Rachel comes out of her room and she's Monica's like oh my god are those the shoes and Rachel's like yeah from Palo from Italy and um, I have a little bit of an issue with the way that she looks at Ross because Ross is like she's from Italy and she's like yeah and she knows how he feels about Uh. her I don't know why this like offended me so much but like she's loving that he's jealous and it's kind of sad like you can tell that I mean she knows how he feels about her and it, there was just like this moment where I saw her face where she was just like, mm, yeah, he got me shoes. And you could just see her just like, Ugh. I don't like you that. Know? I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like for all Ross's faults, like don't, don't like string him along. Don't like needle him. Yeah. But that's like, I don't know. That's like a bad girl representation moment. Mm-hmm. Like don't, mm-hmm. don't do that for just like yeah. all, of, all of our sakes. You know, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. 
maybe I read too much into it, but I was just kind of like, ew, I don't like the way that you're behaving. Well, yeah, because they went on that date, the laundry date. Like, she gave him, she kissed him. I mean, it was like a little. Yeah. I mean, like, he basically was like, can I ask you out sometime? Like, she knows. So you're right. I That's not cool. It was kind of gross. And then I was kind of like, would all these people really go to the funeral? Like, would they all go to Nana's funeral? True. That's that's a really good point <laughs> that I did not consider. Is it just open to anybody? <laughs> it seemed like a pretty small reception. Right. And, like, have they any of them met her? Like, I get that they're supportive of their friends, but, like, have they met Nana? Do they have a relationship with her? Like, if your grandparent died, like, I'm very feel very close to you. I don't know if I would go. I mean, if you wanted me there, I would come. Yeah. But like, remember, I flew down when my grandma died and stayed with you and then left for the funeral. Yeah, like, that's fine. Go. I was not offended. <laughs> it, I don't... I mean, Court didn't even come with me. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know. I guess if they're, I guess if like that's how close they are and that's their support system, but like, I don't know. Four of your friends are coming. I feel like we're just if as close, if not closer, than than those people. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, can I stay with you? And then I'm gonna leave and go to my grandma's. Yeah, I'm gonna bounce and then come back and sleep. Yeah, and crash at your place. I'm I'm fine with that. That was when I had that. That red convertible they gave me oh, at the that, that was cool. Oh, my God. I have to show up at a funeral. At a funeral a... at a red convertible. It was awful. It was awful. Okay, sorry. Why do you have to be so showy? I wanted the, like, I bought the, like, $30 car rental car. I was like, what's the cheapest, smallest car you have? And they're like, oh, we're out of them. Here's a Mustang red convertible. And I was like, Ooh, that's what you get. Look. That's what you get for being cheap. <laughs> oh my gosh anyway. I, so i was just gonna say like that's yeah that's why we're better friends mm-hmm. it's because i don't mind that you go to your funeral and then just crash at my <laughs> nor do you feel obligated to go with me no. you're just around if i need support exactly it would never occur to me to invite you <laughs> no offense and i am totally fine with that <laughs> Like, why would you want to go? Yeah, see? Better friends. <laughs> <laughs> but then I also really loved that Phoebe comes in late and she's like, I'm so sorry I was late. I couldn't find my bearings. <laughs> and I was like, I might use that in therapy. Like, are you just trying to find your bearings? Yeah, I like that too. Like a- and they were like, yeah. earrings? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did I say? <laughs> And then, Ashley, this is where that flipping table is. Okay, there is a small table. So they have their kitchen table. And then, okay, so I'm going to show you a diagram. Like, here's the kitchen table, and Uh here's the door. Yeah. And then I'm the camera. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's just a table right here. Did you see that? It has, like, two books on it. That table is there in other episodes. I've noticed it before. It is blocking the entryway. <laughs> I don't know. I think it comes off like the bookshelf that's supposed to be against that wall. But it's in the middle of everything. I, and I, I hate know. it. It's like it's like it's like up against the post, right? Or like near the where the big beam is. No, it was like so if you walked in the door, 
you walked like five feet and the table's like literally there in what's kind of like the end like a hallway of the entryway from like the door to the living room you know yeah it, it's just like there so you have to like walk around it or between it and the dining table to get to the living room i don't know it's just kind of like oh this why is this table here i was getting enraged it's like why do they put so many awkward furniture pieces <laughs> there's plenty of room this is the biggest apartment i've ever seen we don't need <laughs> stuff in the way Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Go to the funeral. <laughs> okay, are we at the graveyard? We're going outside. Yay! Like, literally outside. I know, and they look so classy with their sunglasses on. It's the first time, I think, that we're actually outside, not on a set. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I loved it. So I just have to say that Judy looks so classy in her whole mm-hmm. in her whole getup. I was just, like, very, I was very impressed. They all look great. Yes. So a couple things is that Joey's watching the football game or listening to the football game at the funeral. I This is just a tiny side note on that. Uh, just a little derail. So I had it on and Chandler's like, oh, your overcoat sounds just like Brent Musburger. And Court was in the other room while I was watching it. And I just yelled like, do you know who Brent Musburger is? And he goes, you don't even have to look it up. I know all about him. Of course he does. I just have like really just like a couple bullet points of facts I learned about Brent Musburger um, from court in the other room without any. He says he's a bro. He's old school. He's a famous sports announcer for decades. He called every major sport starting in the 70s into the 90s for CBS. The voice of college football, basically for ABC ESPN. He's the Las Vegas Raiders radio play by play man currently. Huge advocate of sports gambling, in fact, has his own radio show. Shit, maybe it's a podcast, or maybe it's a TV show. <laughs> These are all quotes from court. Um, <laughs> I love it. He has, caught, he has caught heat over the years for comments about women. He's a good old boy. All these guys are. They look old and act old. <laughs> <laughs> good commentary. I like it. And that's what I learned about Brent Musburger. <laughs> all right. Sounds right up Joey's alley. So Rachel steps in mud with her new Palo shoes, and I feel satisfied. <laughs> Ross also is ecstatic about yeah. it. He's like, oh no, I love it. Well, and I'm like, Rachel, that was a giant patch of mud. Like, why'd you just right. step in it? Watch where you're going. Right, yeah. Come on. Also, like, it's mud, it'll come off. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> and Phoebe's like, God, what a great day. I love her. Better wise. I, know, I love her. She's just like, God, what a great day. It's so, it's so Phoebe. Yeah. Um, and, and then, and then Ross just like falls backwards into that grave. I feel like this poor guy just cannot catch a break like this episode. He just, and, and not in like, like not in an insufferable way, and like I'm, I'm genuinely like feeling bad for him. Like he, he's sad about his grandma. He falls in a grave and hurts his back. Like, oh, the poor prince. The poor, the poor prince. And he's like, oh, I'm just having my worst fear realized. Yes. What's your worst fear? Do you have a worst fear? Oh, okay. I think drowning. Mm. Drowning would be. Or like, and some kind of suffocation, like 
that that is t- terrible to me, like terrifying. I am like really, really, really terrified of heights. Like I will, I will, like sob uncontrollably. Like I have no control over myself. Okay, I'll still go, but I'll cry. I can't. <laughs> okay, I have a new theory about heights because being in a plane does not scare me. Standing on the edge of a cliff terrifies me. And somebody recently pointed out like, oh, you're not afraid of heights. You're not afraid of being up high. You're afraid of ledges and edges. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Like, if 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 there is something where um, there's a barrier, I'm, I'm okay. Like, if I know oh. that I'm not going to fall off. But it has to be substantial. Like, there's no chance that I'm going to fall through. We were, we went up this tower in Denmark. And it, so you had to, like, climb. It was this really old tower. It's the highest one in place in Denmark. And I was like, well, we have to do it because we're here. I'm not going to like it, but I'll go. And you climb up inside. And then at the top, you can come outside. And, like, three quarters of the way up inside, there's no windows. It's just, like, really old mm-hmm. wooden tower. And I just stopped and was like, we're really high. I know we're, I know it. We're high. I don't like it. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't like this. And the second the door opened, I started bawling. Like, the door opens to go out onto the balcony. And I just started sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> so I think I have, I have more than just the ledge. Because, like, and I, I did it. I still, I walked. So, like, there's these spiral. It's a copper tower. So there's, like, this copper stairs. And they spiral around the tip. And, 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 like, the edges of the ground are slanted towards the edge. They're slanted downward, which feels really That's, unsafe. Yeah. And I cried the entire way up, and all these people kept stopping me, like, is she okay? And I was like, just get out of my way. I just need to get to the top. And Court was like, oh, we're at the top. Can we take a picture? And I was like, no. And I, I was like, I did it. I'm done. And I ran to the bottom, and I had, like, a total panic attack in the bathroom just by myself. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. I don't know what, and but I've been skydiving, I, which was still scary. But they like push you out, so I didn't cry. I, yeah, I don't know. It's I also though like in my since I've been like twenty in my twenties, being underground really freaks me out. I I never uh-huh. had that before, but like going under anything in a tunnel or like knowing that I'm like in a like a cave or under something, I'm like. I can't do that. Yeah, anymore. that suffocation potential. I don't like it. Um, so you wouldn't, you would not fare well in a hot air balloon, which is like a thing on my bucket list. I would love to do, but I'll probably cry. I don't <laughs> think I will. I don't think I'll ever do it, just because I'm like someone could push you out. <laughs> and it's a very small bath. Like yeah. there's like claustrophobia and heights. Yeah, like I don't care how yeah. much, how much. I love you or like you, you love me in this basket. I don't care if it's my closest family members. Someone could go crazy and push me out. (laughs) Or I might push all of you out because I'm really stressed. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just that, it's that potential of like falling. I think that scares me more. Like I think I, which weirdly, I think I would go skydiving more than bungee jumping for that same same reason. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. if someone pushes you out and there's no, like, you're just free-falling with no, like, place around you. 
Well, and when you go skydiving, you're so high up, like, the ground doesn't look real anymore. Mm-hmm. It's less that, and it's, in that case, I would say it's a ledge thing, because you are walking to the, uh, like, you're walking to an open door, and when you're skydiving, you're strapped to someone who's in the plane, and they're like, just hang out. Just, like, hang out the door, and you just have to hang there. And you're like, uh, uh, and they're still inside. And it's, I'm like, I've been, I think, four or five times now, and every single time I'm like, I'm not going. No, I'm not going. And they're like, well, you are. You're going. I'm going to push you out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. So Ross falls and hurts himself. <laughs> So I so we cut we cut to the the reception, and like, why is Phoebe checking Ross's back in the middle of the living room, like yeah. basically in the way of the buffet snack table? Like I had an, I had an issue with the placement. I did like that. This is the first time we see Phoebe working. Quote true. Unquote. Yeah. True. I liked that, but. Well, I don't know why they're doing it there. And yeah. I don't know also why he's not facing down and having her check his back. I think when you hurt your back, it's actually harder to get up if you're face down. I'm not a masseuse. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they're really in the way. And aren't there other rooms in this house? There's a million, yeah. seemingly. Yeah. So <laughs> Filled with sweet and low. Um, Judy, Judy brings him her muscle relaxers or whatever drugs she has from her golfing accident. Her... <laughs> oh, Judy. She's so bougie. It's so funny. I know. <laughs> uh, and then she like pulls Monica's hair over her ear and says nothing. <laughs> so passive aggressive. Oh, my God. Poor Monica. So we cut back over to the buffet table and uh, this girl is hitting on Chandler. And when Ross comes back in after his uh, waking from his nap of muscle relaxers. (laughs) Ross on pills is so good. Oh my gosh. The way that he says, I'm great, three times. He's like, I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. It's so convincing. Yeah, it is. Totally. Just a really quick thing. When Chandler is talking to Dorothy, that girl that's hitting on him, uh, she's played by Karen Lowry. She was in Candyman, Quantum Leap, and a film called Octopus. I don't know if that okay. is. Quantum, all- Quantum Leap was a fantastic Ooh. show. Great show. Yes. Just yeah. quick plug. Yeah, but when he's like to Chandler, like, if you want to be gay, be gay. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, what are you doing to your poor friend? And then the girl turns around and is like, I told you to her friend. <laughs> oh, man. But Ross, like, he goes over to Rachel and he's like, I love you the most. <laughs> and she's like, I love you the most. But he really does love her the most. And I was like, help, this is so cute. And he it, really does love her. And he was trying. He was like, no, 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 I really, no, really. really love you. And she's like, I really love you too. And when he's when he says, like, you don't get it. <laughs> and throws himself down on her lap. That is one of my favorite all-time moments. He just commits. You know, at it. <laughs> I feel like I've been in that situation. I've 
basically said that same thing. Uh, and that same like flail. Oh. I feel like in your um on your houseboat birthday yeah, party you you definitely got my contact. Yeah, you definitely got there with Tyler. Oh, <laughs> uh, he was not having me. <laughs> Sorry, you Tyler. just basically threw a tantrum and he just yeah. was like, "Nope. <laughs> we are done with you." <laughs> Okay, so I saw one quick background thing. When Monica is talking to her mom, you can see Rachel in the background. She's eating a cracker and she's like brushing the crumbs off Ross's back. The whole time that Monica and Judy are talking, she's just like brushing stuff off Ross because he's passed out across her. And the whole time, like Rachel's just sitting there, like she's committed. Oh. And Jennifer Aniston is like doing stuff. I did not even notice that. That's so good. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Yeah. Um, the only the only thing background wise of this house that I just want to say is that there are so many patterns going on that it made my head hurt. Like there were floral couch, different floral curtains, pink doors, different pink carpet. Like I couldn't handle it. <laughs> I love that uh, Judy's like. She's talking to Monica, and she's like, I'm telling you, it's a wonder that your mother turned out to be the positive, life-affirming person that she is. Monica's like, uh. And she's like, do you think you would do it over again? Like, if you could tell her, if you could tell your mom, like, would you do it? And her mom's like, no. (laughs) I think it's nicer when people just get along. (laughs) Like, she knows She's like, I don't want you to tell me what's no. wrong with me. I don't want to hear it. No, this whole time, Judy absolutely knows that yeah. she's doing the same thing to Monica. Yeah. And it's clear at the end of that whole exchange when she like, like, like touches her earrings and just kind of like, you, you see that she like almost was going to say something critical and then she catches herself. Mm-hmm. She is trying. You can for sure, I feel like this episode in particular, you can for sure see why Monica is the way she is. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's nice, too, that even with all of the, like, jabs and the passive aggressiveness, that they have a chance to, like, kind of connect in this moment yeah. as, as, like, mother and daughter. And being, when she's like, you know, those earrings look really lovely on you. That's, like, the first compliment one of the only compliments mm-hmm. that we see that we get from her and it like means so much mm-hmm. right especially that it's like nana's earrings she finds out mm-hmm. it's just very sweet yeah especially when she was about to be like your ears are gross uh-huh. put your hair in front of them. <laughs> yep yeah and then your favorite jack like there's something goes wrong with the football game and he's like oh now i'm depressed <laughs> even more than i was Again, I feel like that would be something that I would say. Where she's like, <laughs> finally having a chance to emote something and then just being like, oh, that was inappropriate. Oh. Uh, I mean, I'm really sad about that other thing. <laughs> no, you're not a robot. I know, I know. I just, I don't know how to do feelings sometimes. I'm going to give you a hint. Nobody does. That's okay, why I good. have a job. 
That's why I have a job as a therapist. Because no one knows what how to do anything. Including me. I don't still know how to do anything. I'm glad I have you as a friend. We're all doing the best we can. Yep. So then they go back to the coffee shop. And they're looking at all these old family photos. And I don't know if you're going to agree with this. They're like, oh, look at this photo. Oh, that's Nana. Oh, me and the gang at Java Joe's. Looks like a fun gang. And then they all look at each other. I have always hated this, like, immensely. It is too sweet and low. I don't like it. It's, like, too fake. It's too, like, fitting. It's too, like, oh, Nana had five friends and they hung out at a coffee shop. And I, I don't know. I just hated it. I thought it was kind of sweet, but but it's okay. It's okay. I can I can definitely see your point though. Like it's like push it's pushing pushing the whole thing a little too far. Yeah. Of like oh look at we're the same. So yeah. I, so I get it. Just especially because, like you said before, like these people have no connection with Nana. They really only have right. a connection with monica and ross and they're just being there for them mm-hmm. and even to you, i mean you have a good point even to sit through looking at this boxes of pictures like right there's only so many that you can get through without being like okay are we done yeah they could have done the same this is like the same that we've said before where like just have the same scene be the same but have joey say a thing instead of ross saying some creepy thing to his sister like, the scene could have been the same, but they could have just been like, oh my gosh, here's a picture of Nana. Wow, you look so much like your grandmother, Monica. It didn't have to be me and the gang at Java Joe's. Like, that's, yeah. I'm sorry, that might be really cynical. I've just always really hated this. Yeah, that's scene. okay. You're and- allowed to hate it. <laughs> and then Monica's like, they're like, oh, how old is she there? And Monica's like, oh, looks at the year. Oh, she's probably 24, 25. And then they're all just like, Oh, looks so fun. But, like, we have her clocked it uh, younger than that, I think. Like, how old is anyone ever in the show? Like, is she supposed to be 24 or 25 here? That changes a lot for us. No, I think she's supposed to... They're still supposed to be 22 or 23, right? 22? Okay. Because they're saying, like, Nana... Well, what I took was that she's saying, like, Nana is basically her age right now. Yeah. When I was getting upset. I don't know how old anyone is. I have a note Ever. on our follow-ups to be like, follow up on Ross's age because no one knows how old he is. <laughs> no, he has he he like skip has many different birthdays. <laughs> he has multiple thirty-year birthdays. I, yeah. I don't know. We'll find it. We'll find out. Okay. Ugh. Well, then we go to the tag, right? Yeah. <laughs> With Lowell and Ch- and Chandler. <laughs> The guy who plays Lowell is Stuart Fratkin. Okay. Uh, he's best known for playing Fitz in the movie Ski School. He also starred in a film called They Came From Outer Space with his Ski School co-star, Dean Cameron. I never saw Ski School, but sounds great. Um, he's been in a lot of movies, including Godzilla, Prehysteria, and Teen Wolf 2. Been on many TV shows over his 20-year career, including Melrose Place, Friends, Golden Girls, Baywatch, Baywatch Nights, Touched by an Angel, and NYPD Blue. God, there's a lot of people on NYPD Blue that also were on Friends. <laughs> Can I just say? <laughs> yeah. 
Chandler's just trying so hard to just be like, hey, like, do I do I have a quality? Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but like, please, please affirm me. <laughs> I'm yeah. just trying to tell me what it is I can change. Yeah. Please help me. And he's like, no, we have a kind of a radar. And like, we know you, you're not. I wrote in bold. Lul says, speaking for my people, I'd have to say no about Chandler having a quality. He's funny. <laughs> he is. He's very deadpan. I like. I liked him. He should have come back too. He was good. Yeah, but then, like when when he when he talks about how well you know Brian is, and he is way out of your league, and and he walks out, and then Chandler's just left like muttering to himself, like Brian's out of my league. I could get a Brian if I wanted to get a Brian. And Brian walks in, and he's just like, "Hey, Brian." It's like, poor Chandler. He gets this himself into these situations where it's just like, I- I'm happy that he just leans into it. He doesn't try and like backpedal. He's just like, yep, yeah, I said it. <laughs> it's because of this, right? Like he says earlier, like, this is why people think that about me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm probably 60% sure. <laughs> 40% Ross. 39 and like a percent Monica. Yeah. <laughs> he just, Chandler just can't help it. Like he can't help his mouth. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, I get so awkward. I just talk and that's the problem. That's where the problems go. I get so uncomfortable. I try to remedy it. Like, like right now, just continue talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was it. That was so fun. I liked, I liked that one. <laughs> we did it. I, um, the other thing that I wanted to, like, put a pin in for next week is that I found out the names of some costume designers and set decorators for the show. So, we'll have to, I'm gonna do some research for next week because I feel like we've given those people some flack and I wanna... (laughs) We have. I wanna see what else they've done and if it's the same people. I don't know if it was the same people for every episode or just this one, so. Okay. Look forward to that. Yay. Um, maybe some apologies. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but no. we can give apologies and still keep, keep being judgy. You can still be talented and we can disagree. It's okay. Yeah. And you don't have to listen. <laughs> we can disagree with your choices in the 90s because it's like 2021. It was a million years ago. It's okay. And we clearly know what fashion is. Clear. Uh, you should see our outfits right now. <laughs> Well, that was great. I love you. I love you too. I'm he- I'll pe- I'm here for you, and I will be there for you. <laughs> Past and present. <laughs> and any future funerals, I will go to them with you. You don't you have like to. You don't have to. But thanks. <laughs> if you want me there, I will be there for you. <laughs> but only if you want to. Only if you want it. Oh, you're the best. Love you. You are too. Love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Better Friends Podcast is created, produced, edited, and all the other things by Ashley Madden and Sarah Reinen. Please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Send us your questions to betterfriendswatchingfriends at gmail.com. To find out more about Better Friends, please check us out on Twitter at betterfriendpod.com. 
or on Instagram at Better Friends Watching Friends. Thanks for listening.